I mean, I have to say my mind is really blown by all of the answers that you gave today. Um, there, there's no question about it. This is divine knowledge. This is divinely inspired knowledge from God. Uh, you, you can actually look everywhere from every, uh, every person who, who claims to speak in God's name and you will, you will never find such explanations uh, because nobody actually has the knowledge of God, which you have. Thank you for joining me again, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me here. So today uh, we're going to be filming a short episode and it's uh, a response a video actually to some questions that were brought up to us to answer from a scholar, a Lebanese uh, Shia scholar. Uh, who has uh, reached out to the channel and has sent in these questions. Okay, that's interesting. That's cool. I'm excited to find out what the questions are and what the answers are. Let's uh, take a look at uh, the scholar himself. Okay, so let's go through his questions. Okay. Would you like to read them? Yeah, sure. In the name of Allah, the most beneficent, the most merciful, all thanks due to Allah, Lord of the worlds. May Allah send his peace and blessings upon our master Muhammad, the brightest pearl and most radiant ruby, the most luminous light of Allah, the greatest secret of Allah, as much as the number of what he has in his knowledge of numbers in every blink of an eye from the beginning till eternity. And may he send his peace and blessings upon the guiding Imams and the Mahdis. To the one who claimed it, Abul Sadiq Abdullah Hashim, I raise these questions and I hope that he answers them. Number one, what is the Ark of the Covenant and what is its story and what is its secret? Okay, so we'll start there. So basically, when Moses uh, went to meet his Lord uh, for 40 days, uh, he was instructed on one of those nights to uh, build an ark, to have the Israelites build an ark. And it, he was given its dimensions, and he was given the details of how to construct it. And basically, the Moses' Lord, who was speaking to him uh, from the burning bush, so from the, the fire that was on the bush, he told him, I will meet you there. That will be our new meeting place in between the two cherubim that are on the top of the ark uh, from the seat of mercy, which is in the middle of them. And the ark was meant to be a container, a box, which would house in it the Torah. And the ark of the covenant would continue. Uh, to be amongst the Israelites uh, for uh, many, many years. 
Uh, it got lost at certain points. It was um, an arc that would at times settle uh, in front of the house which had prophethood in it. And by that, the Israelites would know who the prophet was. Um, the Ahl Bayt, they have many narrations which talk about uh, the Ark of the Covenant or the Tabut Sakina, which its literal translation is the coffin or resting place of the Sakina. Okay? Because the idea was that the flames that were speaking to Moses from the mount. That was the Shekinah in Hebrew, or the Sakinah in Arabic, and, and that Sakinah uh, actually existed also in the Garden of Eden. Um, and in the Garden of Eden, it was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and above it, the Jewish narrations uh, state, resided the Shekinah, or the flame, uh, the fire, the same fire that spoke uh, to Moses from the burning bush. And the Sakina would reside on top of the Torah um, in the Ark of the Covenant in the same way that it resided on top of the Tree of Life. And actually, in the Torah itself, they, one of the, the names of the Torah is the Tree of Life. And so the, the significance of the Ark of the Covenant is that... It was this place whereby uh, this spirit from God resided, the Sakina, and it would answer any questions that the people had. And the narrations of the Ahl Bayt said that the example of the Ark of the Covenant with the Israelites is the example of the weapon of Rasulullah. Wherever the Ark of the Covenant went amongst the Israelites, there would rest prophethood and knowledge. And wherever the weapon of Rasulullah uh, resided amongst us, there would be the house of the Imamate. And everybody knows that the weapon of Rasulullah was his knowledge. Now, one significant secret uh, concerning the Ark of the Covenant and concerning the Sakina was that this fire that spoke to Moses from the burning bush was the fire that Iblis was referring to when he said, you created me from fire. So that's why uh, Iblis, uh, he thought he was better than Adam because he was created from the Sakina. Wow. That's very, very surprising. I, yeah, I've never, I've never even considered something like that. I mean, I know this. I know that he said I was created from from fire, and he's created from clay. But I, I didn't know what he was referring to. That's incredible. Thank you so much for that answer. Um, should I continue with the yes. second question? Okay. Number two, what is the shirt, and what is its story, and its matter, and its secret? So, as for the shirt and. Uh, seems to be a reference to the shirt of Joseph. And the shirt of Joseph was a shirt um, in Judaism and Christianity. It's known as a coat, actually. It's the coat of many colors or the rainbow-colored coat. And uh, this coat that Joseph wore uh, was supposed to be the same coat that Abraham had when he was thrown into the flames, and it was the coat that protected him from the fire. 
And it was this coat that um, earned this name as the coat of many colors because sometimes the brothers of Joseph would go out and they would see him wearing uh, the coat, but it was green. And on another day they would go out and they would see him wearing the coat, but it was red. And on another day they would go out and they would see him wearing the coat, but it was purple or blue. And um, the, the, the secret in reality is that the, the coat of Joseph was not one, but it was many. He had many coats of the same kind. Uh, each had a different color. And he would wear uh, each one of those coats depending on what it was that he wanted to accomplish for the day because of the power that colors have and its effect on uh, certain duties. For example, Joseph, if he was going out to plant in the garden, um, he would wear the color green because the color green would help in that. So this is uh, where it got the name of the uh, coat of many colors. But in reality, the coat itself, uh, the narration state, uh, it was a coat that came down from paradise. It was brought down from, from heaven. And so we're not speaking about a, a physical coat. Then. We're speaking about something also which, which came now from the Garden of Eden. Okay. And uh, uh, it was a coat that uh, in the narrations is mentioned as having been passed from imam to imam, prophet to prophet to prophet until it reaches Muhammad and then it's uh, with the imams alayhi and even one narration states that the Prophet Muhammad was given the coat uh, of Joseph by it being brought down once again from, from heaven. So clearly it's not a physical coat, but it was uh, that he was, it was something that resided uh, in another world. And the properties of the coat of Joseph was that uh, it had this uh, scent to it, this powerful scent. And it was this scent that um, Joseph, uh, Jacob was referring to when he said, I find the scent of Joseph. And it was the scent, according to some of the narrations, that caused all of the uh, women to fall in love with uh, Joseph. And it was the scent that when the coat was thrown on Jacob, restored his eyesight. And uh, it's the scent of paradise because the garment that was placed on Joseph was the the garment that Adam had in the in the Garden of Eden, and that was the the, the shirt of Adam, and that is the garment of taqwa or God consciousness, and that was what Abraham was dressed with, which allowed him to be protected uh, from the fire. Wow! So you have the physical coat of Joseph, which was actually a series of coats of different colors, and then you have the the allegorical coat, uh, which uh, with it came down uh, success and enforcement and that spirit uh, from the Garden of Eden. Oh, that, that's amazing. And both of those quotes, uh, I feel we, we didn't know anything about them, actually, because I, I, I grew up learning about Joseph's coat of many colors. I had no idea that it was actually a series of quotes. So that, that's amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Number three, what is the staff and what is it made of and where is it? And what does its matter? And the staff of Moses. Um, so the staff of Moses uh, appears in the in the Torahs as this staff that Moses is carrying with him. And when 
the legends go on the narration state that actually he found this staff when he was in in Midian. And it was a staff that Jethro, who also was a prophet, had placed into the ground and nobody was able to pull it out, kind of like Excalibur, um, except for the chosen person. And when Moses pulled it out, he knew that it belonged to him. And it was at that point that Jethro insisted on marrying one of his daughters to Moses because he knew that he was special and he knew he was a... uh, uh, the promised savior of the of the Jews uh, because of that ability. And the narration state that the staff itself went way back further than the time of Moses and Jethro. It was actually a relic from the time of Adam, that it was a branch from the, the tree uh, of knowledge of good and evil that Adam had actually broken off when he had... Uh, Uh, approached the tree. So he broke off this branch and it remained with him from that time uh, until now. And uh, it's said that this is the same branch that will appear with Imam Ali or that Imam Ali had. And he was referring to when he said that I will drive the Arabs with this staff of mine. And it is this branch that Moses had in there that referred to uh, the tree. And uh, we know that the tree in the Garden of Eden was the tree of the family of Muhammad. So he had broken off a branch from the tree of the family of Muhammad. And it is this the, this branch or that had all of the power. It had the power to split the sea for him. It had the power to um, bring forth water out of stone. It had the power to do many miracles. And it was a staff which was constantly also green in color. Uh, and it never, uh, it, it, it wasn't like a dead piece of tree, but yeah, it remained alive and had live leaves on it. And the staff of Moses, um, when Moses thought that he was the most knowledgeable of creation, it was then that God commanded him to go and meet the uh, manifestation of the branch itself in human form, uh, which was the righteous servant or Al-Khidr, the green one, who also uh, is a reference to the stone always being, uh, the staff always being uh, green. That is so cool. That- and it's the branch itself uh, that is being referred to in Isaiah 11. If we can put that on the screen, I want you to read this. Okay. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. 
and the young child will put its hands into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nation will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving remnant of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from Babylonia, from Hamath, and from the islands of the Mediterranean. He will raise a banner for the nations and gather the exiles of Israel. He will assemble the scattered people of Judah from the four quarters of the earth. Ephraim's jealousy will vanish and Judah's enemies will be destroyed. Ephraim will not be jealous of Judah, nor Judah hostile towards Ephraim. They will swoop down on the slopes of Philistia to the west. Together they will plunder the people to the east. They will subdue Edom and Moab, and the Ammonites will be subject to them. The Lord will dry up the gulf of the Egyptian sea. With a scorching wind, he will sweep his hand over the Euphrates River. He will break it up into seven streams, so that anyone can cross over in sandals. There will be a highway for the remnant of his people that is left from Assyria, as there was for Israel when they came up from Egypt. Okay, so uh, obviously this uh, Isaiah 11, it's talking about this branch, and yeah. it's a reference to this branch or this savior from the family of Muhammad, salam, who would come in the end times and uh, would uh, basically establish uh, justice amongst the nation using his knowledge as a rod to strike the, uh, the earth. So... Um, that's in terms of the staff. And they've been asked, by the way, the family of Muhammad, where is the staff now or where is the shirt now? And the response would be, uh, it is with whoever has the knowledge, whoever God gives the knowledge to. Along with that knowledge comes the staff and, and the shirt. And uh, This is really giving me goosebumps. I'm sorry, I, I can't uh, stop smiling because it's so beautiful how all of these uh, pieces uh, and hints as to the truth uh, have been left and nobody ever put it together. And here you are uh, putting it together so seamlessly. It all, it all fits and it all makes sense. And you are the one who has that knowledge. You are the one who's being spoken about. It's just, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I have no words to express how cool it is uh, to, to hear how all of these scriptures make sense together. I, I mean, I have to say my mind is really blown by all of the answers that you gave today. Um, there, there's no question about it. This is divine knowledge. This is divinely inspired knowledge from God. Uh, you, you can actually look everywhere from every, uh, every person who, who claims to speak in God's name and you will, you will never find such explanations uh, because nobody actually has the knowledge of God, which you have. And uh, I really appreciate that you allowed me to speak to you and have this conversation with you and, and to learn the God answers to these to questions. Me. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guidance for uh, Sheikh Ali Amili. And uh, for all of those uh, scholars out there, uh, we pray that uh, they choose the path of righteousness and the path of Muhammad and the family of Muhammad. And uh, I hope that he is like Al-Hur, uh, who, who leaves the 
the ranks of Yazid and his followers and uh, joins and supports the caravan uh, of Imam al-Hussein and makes history. Okay. Thank you so much.